Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. TC Live with you on a Thursday night in Big D. Very much a dealer's choice week for tour players around the world. If you like an indoor hardcore, we got three of those going on this week in Europe and the U.S. If you prefer an outdoor hardcore, well, just hop a flight to Abu Dhabi. If you prefer the dirt, the Golden Swing is up and running in South America. Whatever a player fancies is on offer. Coming up tonight, another All-American showdown in Dallas. This one between the current U.S. number one and that guy who used to be and wants to be again. Novak Djokovic is taking this week off, but still the newly reminted world number one is closing in on another chapter of tennis history. Plus, our celebration of Black History Month continues with a look at how black tennis clubs advanced the sport at a complicated time in its history. All that and more on the show tonight as we say welcome once again to TC Live. Glad you're with us on this Thursday night with the Hall of Famer Tracy Austin and Paul Anacone. I am Brett Haber. Uh, you know, there aren't many home games in tennis, we like to say, but with Marcos Giron winning the match that you just saw on Tennis Channel, that makes five Americans in the quarterfinals in mm -hmm. Dallas. Nice to have a little home cooking every once in a while. Yeah, I think there's a really nice uptick for the American men. We saw such a great showing at the Australian Open. And actually, with three qualifiers in Dallas entering the 12 that were directly in, we had 15 there. So I think five is the appropriate number. Yeah, and you remember all the guys that won today. J.J. had the day off. J.J. Wolf won mm -hmm. yesterday, so he's already in the quarterfinals. And look, when you look at our numbers, 10 in the top 50, it's not shocking. So we're hopefully we're going to see more and more good results. But it's not just the Americans who enjoy the home cooking. We've got three French quarterfinalists in Montpellier. We've got four Argentine quarterfinalists in Cordoba. In fact, one quarter of the quarterfinalists in Cordoba are Sarundalos. But we start with this in Texas, all red for Jack and Taylor. Yeah, not a lot between these two guys. It was a tight first set. Taylor had a couple more chances. Right here is one of them, and Taylor slips and uh, not able to get that pass. Uh, Jack Sock at the net. Taylor did a pretty good job in the rallies, trying to spread the court. I like that he went strong to the forehand a bunch of times. The last two points in the tiebreaker was very good tennis from Taylor Fritz. Went into lockdown mode and got the two points, closed the first set out, did a terrific job breaking first game of the second. Right here, Taylor Fritz, terrific cross-court two-hander, and then the inside-in forehand that Jack can't catch up to. That releases the pressure valve just a little bit. Taylor Fritz did a terrific job with his serve, really tended to things well, played buttoned up, good effort. First win of the year for Taylor on U.S. soil. He had 15 of them last year. He enjoyed his homecoming. I thought I played pretty well. He, he served well, and, you know, when I got chances on his serve, he played the points well, so, you know, it was pretty tight. I wasn't really able to uh, find that, that break, and... But I, I played well. I protected my serve well, and I'm pretty happy with the match. He did protect his serve well. In fact, he won 39 out of 43 points on his first serve. Paul, that's 91%. I know we said there'd be no math, but we did it for you. Never faced a break point. Tracy, 
that's a pretty good game plan. Just take care of your serve and, and let the chips fall. It really is. And when you don't face a break point and you're holding serve relatively easy, it takes so much pressure off of you that you can really go for the return games. And I thought Taylor was so accurate tonight. We talked about the strategy last night all the way to the backhand or all the way to the forehand. Jack likes to hit from that center of the court with the forehand. And Taylor did a phenomenal job with nice shape on his shots, very accurate to the outside wings. He spread the ball really well when he had to. And, and, and for me, you know, to watch Taylor play a match like that where he's supposed to win and he does win in a tight match is really important. But I want to say Jack Sox getting there again. Right. He won a tough match the first round. Looked pretty good today. He's, he's fitter, isn't he? He's lost a bunch of weight. I know. I talked to Nick Monroe the other day. He's working really hard. So, Jack, keep it going because he's His going to be His intensity looks good. Yep. Yeah. Maybe a pathway back for Jack Sock to the top of the game. That would be fun also for American tennis. Speaking of which, the sleep in your own bed week continued for that man, John Isner. Just one tie break today. Uh, Tracy, that was under his quota. That's right. But this was a pressure moment immediately for Alt Altmaier because John Isner is serving so well. He only lost seven points all night on his serve, which is absolutely incredible. He had 18 aces. So Altmaier just really under pressure, and John does such a good job in the forecourt as well. Looked like the opening was was there, but when the other guy's six foot eleven, Altmaier just overhit that ball. And look where John Isner has pushed Altmaier behind the Dallas sign. Comes in beautifully with the volley. And this is a mistake that you do not want no matter what level you're at. You do not want to ever miss the drop shot wide. Yeah. You're gonna hit the drop shot anywhere in the middle of the court. But another terrific match for John in his hometown. He's looking strong. You mentioned 18 aces. 18 aces in 11 service games. He lost just four points on his first serve, saying hi to the family and friends and neighbors. And he's got a lot of folks in town. Let's spin the globe to Abu Dhabi. 500-level event, the former Roland Garros champion Barbara Krachikova, unseated, taking on Samsonova. Yeah, this one was uh, not going to be much between these two. I wondered who was going to get the first strike in. When I saw the shadows, I was saying this is going to wreak some habit, but it was Samsonova that did a better job, got through that first set, then got into the second set, played some more solid tennis here in the tiebreak, 5-4 in the tiebreak. Look at the court positioning difference here, inside in forehand. That is a terrific shot right there. Samsonova up 7-6 right here. Defense with the slice forehand and then a big aggressive shot to open up the court. How about inside in again? Nice approach. And there you have it, folks. That's a heck of an effort. You may not remember, uh, Samsonova won three titles in the second half of last year up into the top 20. What about this? The top seed, Dasha Kazakina, playing her opener today against Jill Teichman, 1L2Ms. Yeah, this is a very lofty drop shot, but great anticipation from Jill Teichman in the fabulous first set. Takes it 6-1, and Kazakina said she had to get used to the wind, windy, gusty conditions, so she played a little more safe. In the second set, going behind Teichman there. How did that happen, Tracy? 6-0. 6-0. Crazy scoreline here. And it was really a lot of variety in this match. A fun match to watch because really no two points are the same. Great feel and power combination there from Kazakina. And really a terrific match for her. Not a great start, but she figured it out. Just played a lot safer with better shape. Kasakina only won three points on her second serve in the whole match and still won because she broke seven times. This was a popcorn match. Rabakina fresh off the Aussie Open final against the former world number one. I was thinking whoever takes care of their serve is going to win this match. You have two power players that don't like to defend. 
have played great offense. And it was Rabakana that did such a great job. She only served 46% first serves, but she won nearly 70% of her own second serves. And when you're doing that, even if the first serve percentage drops, it frees you up a little bit. A little bit of defense here, but she was the one that was controlling the tempo, especially after she got that break of serve. Felt like Pushkova was a little down on herself early, but Rabakina with the power game and probably just a little bit more confidence these days. Hitting the ball so big, beautiful inside out two-hander, and the second set, it was more of the same, up 5-2 here and serves it out. Just a terrific effort and a lot of power tennis to look at and admire in that one. You know, that was already Rabakina's fifth top 20 win of the year. She's only played 11 matches and she's beaten five top 20s. This is the draw, quarterfinal. Almost, almost, but I promise <laughs> there'd be no math, so don't make me a liar. Uh, a lot of interesting members of this quarterfinal octet. You've got the top four seeds all making it. Also, Shelby Rogers coming through qualifying, and Kazakina is the top seed who's played just the one match. Let's now spin the globe and go to Linz, American Madison Brangle, taking on Donna Vekic in round two. Donna Vekic in the near court, just off a quarterfinal at the, at the Australian Open, so she is full of confidence. And the question here is, can the forehand side of Brangle cause enough trouble for Donna Vekic. Vekic keeps Brangle on the move. Brangle's backhand is the stronger side, but if you move her to it, it can become a little bit short. So a really strong first set for Vekic. She has so many matches in the last six months. Really smart there to take the pace off and hit to the Brangle forehand. She overhits it, so the first set to Vekic. Vekic, believe it or not, is one of the top one or two in as far as second serve return points one. She stands inside the baseline. She just powers it to the corners, and that serve was really attackable from Brangle. So really terrific match. Lots of variety and great confidence from Vekic. All right, so Donna Vekic, who made that brilliant run to the quarterfinals in Melbourne, is into another quarterfinal here. This is a very different quarterfinal draw than the one we saw in Abu Dhabi. We got a couple of qualifiers in Golfi and Friedsome, plus a lucky loser in Clara Towson. Paul, look at the bottom half of this draw. Bottom half. Who's going to make the final from that force? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> now, come on, make it. Uh, I'm going with Vondrosova. Really? Yeah. Marketa Vondrosa, yeah. former Roland Garros runner-up. Ask a question. I, no more walking along that fence I know. For it's me. the new Paul. No so more fence he's so walking, decisive. Tracy. I love it. And I like his pick as well. And you also have a Sakari-Vekic uh, match. What, 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 do you, what do you make of that? Well, it's going to be fun. Look, I mean, I, I think Donna Vekic is playing some great tennis. Uh, tip of the cap to our friend Pam Shriver, who's been helping, doing a great job having her reaffirm her identity. Big forehands. You talked about her getting up inside the baseline. When she does that, she's got a terrific game. I think Sakari is playing a little bit too good, but I, I think I give Vekic a shot. I'm saying... What, what adds up to 100? 55-45. Is that 100? Oh my, he's 55, being decisive. 55-45 for Sakari. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing math. That's and he's doing time. math. That's very you know what? Different. That's given Vekic a, a good 45%. Yeah, I like that she's because close. she's playing so much with so much confidence. Yep. Sakari 8-2 on the year, trying to catch a gear as we head towards that hardcore swing that she likes so much in America. We've got a lot more to get to on the show on this Thursday night. We'll give you highlights from France and from the clay in Argentina. Plus, our celebration of Black History Month continues with a look at how historic black tennis clubs opened doors that had previously been slammed shut. That and much more on TC Live.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. As the 20th century approached, tennis's popularity among African-American professionals was growing, in spite of its institutional obstacles. The racism that hindered black opportunity in most facets of American life also existed in the tennis world. Black players facing exclusion from white-dominated tennis clubs began founding their own clubs in cities across America. Tennis played a key role in the growing sense of community the clubs offered. Philadelphia's Chautauqua Tennis Club was established in 1890 and hosted the first African-American interstate tournament in 1898. In 1915, what would become the Cosmopolitan Club opened in Harlem. In 1917, the Monumental City Tennis Club hosted the first ATA championship at the Druid Hill Park in Baltimore. And in 1920, Mrs. C.O. Seams from the Chicago Prairie Tennis Club purchased property on the south side of Chicago to build four tennis courts making it the nation's first black tennis club on privately owned land. These clubs were more than just outlets to play tennis. They laid the groundwork for community, inclusion, and access, and gave generations of players the chance to fall in love with the game. Now, if you happen to find yourself one day in Wilmington, North Carolina, stop by the house at 1406 Orange Street. That's the home where the late Dr. Hubert Eaton taught Althea Gibson to play tennis. The court is still there in the backyard, and it's now operated by the One Love Foundation, which helps introduce the sport to local kids who've never had the chance to play. You can see all of our Black History Month tribute features at any time on TennisChannel.com. More to come on TC Live tomorrow. And up next, the history Novak Djokovic is making, even as he doesn't play this week. It's time to reconnect with Tennis Paradise in Southern California. Iga Sviantec is the Indian Wells champion. Career-defining moments for Taylor Fritz, who comes of age here in Indian Wells. Four weeks away now, Tennis Paradise and Tennis Channel coverage all day, every day from Indian Wells beginning March the 8th. That's a Wednesday from the desert. We head back to the highlights from Montpellier. Arthur Rinder Knek was born about an hour and a half away from this arena. Would love to make the quarters here. But he had to get through Borna George. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Borna George playing some terrific tennis. That's the break of serve right there. And that may have looked important. The reason it was so important is Borna George did such a great job on his own serve. 71% success rate on that second serve, which freed him up. Also, offensive-minded tennis behind those second serve. Went through that first set, six games to three, felt comfortable. Second set, not much between both of these guys. Power tennis, look at George trying to stave things off with that two-hander, so good. Steals that break at five all, and once again, another solid service game. Controlling the rally from the back of the court, little short angle, miss it. 
on purpose, Ooh. but then drill it up the line, and that gave him two match points. And he needed both of them right here at 40-30, using that baseline patience to get through to the next round. Really good offensive serving day for that man. Is that court kind of fuchsia? Is it rosé on the side? Your, I don't know what trace. color. We need to get a ruling on that. Here's Holger Runa, the Danish teenager, playing his opener against the hustling Hussler. Yeah, we're going to go straight to the tie break where Runa was down 4-2, and now he gets that set point. He's so physical, 19 years old, so strong already, and really does a great job of holding his ground close to the baseline. And Hussler is somebody to pay attention to in the future because he's really starting to play so well. But it was all Holger Runa, the number one seed trying to get I think it's his fourth title of his career but again so strong and uh, into the top 10 really nice match for him sixth win of the year he didn't get that last year until April so he's off and running chartreuse perhaps for the court oh I like it as That's we it. go to uh, Dallas for Haber this is not wasn't me this is the match you saw just before TC live get on all over Oscar Ota. Yeah, this was an interesting one. Ota's usually the player that's trying to break the rhythm. And uh, unfortunately, he was the one that got broken there after he just blew a low 40 lead and a sitting passing shot the game before. That's all Marcus Giron needed. Did such a nice job on his serve after that 6-4 in the first set. Watch this running forehand cross court. Great wheels, did such a nice job in the rallies and didn't let uh, Oscar Otta break the rhythm. And that's what rhythm likes, uh, that's what he likes to do. Got that break early in the second set and served it out. Heck of a nice win for Marcus Giron. It didn't break his rhythm, didn't break his serve either. As we show you the quarterfinal draw, those are the five Americans that we mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, you start with 15 in the draw, you're, you're probably going to get four or five in the court. I mean, especially if you have 10 in the top 50. At Fritz and Garone, we could take that straight to the practice courts of Carson. That's they, right. They played uh, the preseason, what, a couple of months or at least a month at Carson training, so they know each other very, very well. Wu had that great win over Shapovalov. I, I don't know if you know this, all five of them are sleeping over John Isner's house tonight. They're all, and, they're and the there's a lot of Sleeping kids. bags and there's pajamas. There's there. Tents they in the can back. No, that's, who's watching John's kids? Uh, He's got I believe three already and another Fierson. one coming. Okay. I believe is still watching him. Uh, social net today, even though Novak Djokovic is not playing this week, he is still on the verge of breaking one of the most unbreakable, we thought, records in tennis. Next Monday will be his 376th week with the number one ranking. One more, and he will tie Steffi Graf for the most by any player, male or female. Tracy, was that one of those records you thought might not fall? Yeah, there's some records that you just aren't going to, you don't think are going to be broken. And that's about seven and a half years, Paul. I'm not great at math, but I think I did a, a pretty decent job there. That's an insane record. And you think of Novak. I mean, these are the things he's got starting, you know, the resume, who's going to be the best of all time. That's certainly one to have. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. But the only thing is next week on the 20th, he would have to tie Steffi at 377. But Carlos, if he, he's playing Buenos Aires, Carlos Alcaraz, if he were to win that, he might have to make uh, Novak wait a little bit for that. Look at you. That's impressive. <laughs> Did I you go through it. all the points oh, on the rankings? Really? Trying to figure it out. When that. Novak is going to tie Steffi. I saw the abacus and the calculators out. Look, do we actually give Steffi enough? I don't think we talk about Steffi enough. I mean, well, I think Steffi likes it that way. She always likes to be kind of in the background. She's she's let amazing. her forehand do the work, yep. do the talking. And then look at, look at Novak right there. I mean, look, he's been the best. 
He's been the best performer out of Rafa, Roger, and Novak from 2011 on. If you look at the records, he has most uh, accolades out of all that, By the way, that's a dozen years already. Mm -hmm. I mean... Head-to-head, -head, he's yeah. winning it against... He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. I'm, but we, are, can we agree we're not having the GOAT debate anymore? I, mean, I, don't, it's just, believe, it's a, I don't believe in the GOAT, so... Oh, we like to discuss the it's a fool, it's a fool's because errand, it's right? absolutely insane what's happened the last couple of decades. Uh, that is true, so let's just look at them as a group. I think we're better than that debate on this particular network, but if you want to have it at home, go ahead. Pick yes, your favorite. Worth You're it. allowed. Quarterfinal Friday is on the way. This is the schedule beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern time with the final eight in Abu Dhabi. Two hours later, Linz clicks in Montpellier after that, then the clay, then Dallas, then TC Live. And we'll do it all over again for the weekend. Back in a moment. In addition to all the Tennis Channel match coverage we told you about before the break, we've got a whole separate slate at your disposal on T2. Additional coverage from Linz, Montpellier, and Cordoba. Hosted by Brian Weber and CC Bellis. Six-hour window kicks off 8.30 a.m. Eastern exclusively on your Samsung TV or mobile device. That brings us to Hot Shot of the Day. It comes from Abu Dhabi. Beatrice Haddad Maya in the near court here against Putin Seva. Putin Seva with an excellent drop shot. The dropper back. Putin Seva goes right at her twice and then burns her. Haddad Maya right over the head. There's about a foot difference in height here, and Putin Save it just couldn't get, get enough up, on get that up, one. Get up, get up. Oh, Paul, you wouldn't know, but it's tough when you're just, you know, under five foot four. Yeah, it's tough. She's a couple inches under five Good foot hands. four. As we show you the center court live matches coming your way tomorrow, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Hadad Maya back at it against the reigning Wimbledon champ, Shelby Rogers and Belinda Bencic. And then, again, we tip the cap to all the Argentine flags that are in the quarterfinal. Possibility, possibility of an all Sarundolo final in Cordoba. Sarundolo squared? Could yeah. be Sarundolo squared down in Cordoba. We've got a couple of matches we want to preview before we go, and we want to start with that one you saw on the screen, Shelby Rogers against Belinda Bencic. Tracy, that's one of those power players mm -hmm. in Shelby against Bencic who has all kinds of variety. Who do you usually favor in a matchup like that? Well, I think Bencic overall has the more complete game. Um, she's got the good variety with the slices, and she can do the drop shot. She can finish points off at the nets, the swing volleys. Shelby obviously has the much bigger serve, although Bencic's serve has improved immensely. Shelby's never beaten Bencic, and I think that's tough when you go out on a court and you haven't beaten someone, and I really like the way that Bencic is playing already uh, this year. She's looking like she's full of confidence. She has the ability to put the angles on Shelby and wide the, widen the court, which is tough for Rogers. Yeah, and, and, and Shelby's done a nice job getting to the quarter. She's playing some really good tennis. Again, someone that takes court position like Bencic does, going to be really important, I think, for Shelby to go down the line early, mm -hmm. which is high risk, high reward, but I think that will help. But you said the head-to-head, -head, that's a tough one to get over. These courts seem like they're playing medium fast, so I, I give Shelby a good chance because of that. She's got to play good tennis, but it's going to be a fun one. She did beat her at an IT event 10 years ago so she's got that somewhere deep go. in her soul I inspiring like her I that like she that. could beat her uh men's side tomorrow in montpellier american maxine cressy taking on born at church we say american maxine cressy but the fact is paul cressy was born and grew up in France. This has got to feel like a bit of a home game for him. How do you think his serve and volley is going to 
work against Chorich? I think it works against just about everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think no one has to face it. I think he's going to have to execute it extremely well. His challenge is going to be how is he going to impact Chorich's serve. I talked about how well Chorich served today, winning 70% of his second serve point. So Cressy, I think, is going to do a good job, but he's going to have to find a couple breaks here and there. Cressy also served well today. 15 aces was not broken in his win against Ruth Savori. Last match, we want to touch on another All-American showdown in Dallas between Big Foe and the Big Bad Wolf. <laughs> Tracy, if you were coaching up J.J. Wolf for a strategy, strategy or, or a strategy, he doesn't do math, I don't do English, what would you, you tell, what would you tell uh, J.J. to do? Well, J.J.'s going to have to go big because that's how he plays his best. Now, can he be consistent enough? He's got a, a pretty big backhand that's improved immensely. His forehand is the most powerful shot. Uh, the serve is, is huge. That's, he's going to have to serve big. I just think Francis is playing so well and so solid right now. It's going to be tough for J.J. to sustain it. That's a very sound strategy uh, for J.J. tomorrow. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that. For Tracy and Paul and our entire Tennis Channel team, I'm Brett. We will see you tomorrow. 6 a.m. Eastern for another day of Senate Court.